Welcome to TLDR. I'm your host, Hunter Guthrie, small business owner and financial wizard. And your co-host, Jake Webster, real estate advisor and entrepreneur. We connect Alaskans with the leading voices in business and entrepreneurship and the experts that helped them get there. Brought to you by Coho Financial, Vested AK Real Estate Advisors, and recorded at the First Great Financial Studios. Hey guys, we have Heather Walton of Reading Right Alaska on the show today. She is a speech pathologist specializing in dyslexia and the president of the International Dyslexia Association, Alaska Branch. And in addition to Reading Right, she has two other businesses. Heather, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I, I, this is probably the second person that's been like a personal friend on the show. So I really am excited. Hunter gets most of the glory <laughs> bringing on people he knows. Yeah. Um, go uh, for I it. I mean, it's okay. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta show some work every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> he's been, he's been lighting a fire under me. Um, Heather, why Alaska? How did you end up here? Yeah, good question. So I am a Floridian. I'm originally from Florida. Um, Grew up in the South, went to college in the South, definitely a Southern girl at heart. I never dreamed of Alaska at all. And then um, after college and my first job, I met um, Justin, who's now my husband, and he is a native Alaskan. So a native of Alaska. and again, even when we met and got married, the plan was never to move to Alaska, but one thing led to another. And here we are. He was given a job offer that he couldn't refuse, we couldn't turn down. And I told him I would give it three years because I cried a lot. And coming from Florida, I yes. can't remember. There's no yes. way you're taking me there. <laughs> right. Um, my family leaving everything. So uh, I told him I'd give it three years because I knew if I said one, I would want to come back. And and that is true. The first year was definitely the hardest. Mm. And now I can't imagine being anywhere else. Like this is this is home. This is where, you know, I'm raising my kids. We've been here now almost 12 years. So That's awesome. Yeah. Did you did you come up here? I mean, it sounds like Justin was the the opportunity person. So reading right, when did that get born? Yeah, so we came up for his job. Um, his background is software development, and he got a great job. And um, I have a background working in the schools, so I was a speech therapist in the school district, and I took a job with ASD here. And I just felt the the calling into um, the area of language and literacy, and I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do within the school district, just um, because of eligibility guidelines and requirements. Um, The kids that I really wanted to see, I wasn't able to see. And it was one of my parents that I worked with her child after school, just on my own, uh, because I knew I could help her and she didn't qualify for any services within the district. So I worked with her privately. And that mom said, why don't you start doing this? There's such a need. And I never dreamed of opening my own business. That was something that my husband always wanted to do. Um, I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I had two kids at the time. We now have a third. But um, 
I started seeing kids out of a room in our garage, and I'm still amazed to think back at those people that trusted a random girl in her garage um, with their most precious thing, their child. So, um, And the need was so great. I had no idea what I was stepping into, and it just really took off and within a year I was, you know, renting a space and then we were growing and then we were hiring and it just has kind of snowballed. Um, now we have three locations and you're outgrowing the current location. We are. Anchorage, we, um, have a lot that we're looking to build on. So, uh, so yeah, it's just kind of been crazy. And for me, it's just been about putting one foot in front of the other because I went to school for speech pathology, not mm. business. So, that was a whole new world for me to suddenly be thrust into, you know, being an entrepreneur and being a business owner and being a boss even. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was just putting one foot in front of the other. Oh, I don't know anything about offering benefits. Who do I know? Finding people, finding the experts um, and getting that team around me rather than trying to do it all on my own. So that is so impressive. I, I like hearing the, uh, the garage the yes. garage stories. All great companies, right? Born yes. in garages. Yeah, it's so true. And that's, I'm not lying. They would, we'd raise the garage and let them in in the winter. It was so cold. And then have to <laughs> lower the garage and parents would sit in my driveway while I was working with their, with their kiddos. Um, and we're, what I do works, we're really making a difference. And so it spoke for itself and just kind of hmm. word of mouth. Uh, and so I had a lot to, to kind of learn about business. Right, right. Process. That's, I mean, I I went and toured. I didn't bring Hunter along. Sorry, I should do that in the future. But the facility a couple weeks back, and it was just down to the rooms being themed, allowing your employees to have the freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know, it was an encouraging place to be, and I was just walking through. I feel like it's a really happy place. That's a priority for me. I know when... When I first got started, it was all about making sure the clients were happy, you know. And then as we started growing, I quickly realized my role as the business owner is to make sure my staff is happy, that I have a happy staff because when they're happy, it naturally just carries over to the clients. The clients are, you know, going to be happy when their therapists are happy. And so that's my kind of primary goal is just making sure that they – have a place that they like coming to work um, and not having high turnover and um, just having a fun, happy environment. So I think you kind of picked up on that when you were there. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, I was really encouraged to hear some of the ways you're doing, doing that. And we'll, we'll end up talking about that. The, I can't imagine that just happened right out of the garage though. No. So <laughs> what are, what are some of those lessons that, I mean, it's also a lot of, a lot of stepping out. I mean, obviously not having the business business experience, but running the business in a, a pretty countercultural way to right. the traditional business model. Right. What are some of those those speed bumps, the things that you had to so overcome? I think one of the biggest things, and I say this all the time, owners need other owners. Um, we tend to be in such a competitive, most of us, I mean, I'm competitive. Mm-hmm. Anybody that knows me will say that I'm competitive, but Preach. most of us, when we, <laughs> he knows I've me. I've competed a couple of times. <laughs> I, I, I don't like it. to lose. <laughs> um, no, but I think it, there's a certain 
you know, part of that that makes us good business owners, right? So, um, but rather than looking at each other as competitors to, um, I've realized how much I need other owners. Um, I have a, one of my very best friends, she owns another practice in town and we get together on a monthly basis because nobody else understands what we're going through. And it can be a lonely place, you know, Mm. it can be when you're, especially in a, in a company my size, you know, I've got just under 50 employees and we have, I think, 700 clients right now. Um, the one that hears the negative stuff, it's, it's me, you know, that's Mm -hmm. where the, the, so it can become very, just very depressing and lonely at times. And it's good to keep those people, um, in your pocket and have good relationships and collaborate rather than, you know, be against each other. So that's been one thing. And the other is somebody, another owner gave me this great advice when I was starting and it was find the experts that do the things that you don't do. Mm. Because if you don't, and you're trying to figure it all out on your own, it just leads to disaster. So I was trying to treat clients at the same time as I am learning about hiring. And like I said, offering benefits and what taxes, all of the things I know nothing about. Mm. Right. And so from the very beginning, I found an attorney I found a CPA. I found I've got a great relationship with my banker. Um, And then, you know, when it came to benefits, a benefit specialist. So I just was constantly reaching out to people that knew more than I did about that subject and let them roll with it. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes people try to do too much and rather than reaching out and, you know, they they kind of try to take on more than – what they're capable of, so to speak. So I, it's important that I know all of it and I know every aspect of it, but, um, leave it to the experts to, to help guide me. That, yeah, that's been such a gap for me because you, you have to, you have to have an understanding of how things work. And I'm a, from a 30,000 foot view, you don't have to be the professional though. Right. And that, that was a, I think that's, I mean, there's probably a bunch of people that talk about it, but John Maxwell, that's right there. If you're the smartest smartest person on your team or the expert on your team, your poor leader. Exactly. That, wrong but room. I, I know yeah. that. What was that? Wrong room. I said wrong, wrong room. room. <laughs> wrong room. <laughs> yeah. Wrong room. That, and I know that I knew yeah. that going into it, but then I get caught up in this, this need sometimes, or this feeling that I need to be the expert in everything. Right. Especially when you're leading people to have that moment of, you know, I don't know that. Let me go ask. Right. That's vulnerable. And it's, for whatever reason, that imposter syndrome pops out. Yes. You're like, oh, they're going to know. Yes. It's, it's important to model that. For me, it's important to model that. I don't know. That's a great question to my staff. So this just happened last week in a staff meeting. One person asked me a question, and I started to answer it. And another staff member started talking kind of over me. And I stopped and she later was like feeling bad, but it was great because I stopped to listen to what she had to say. And I actually said, I was going to answer that completely differently, but let, I like her answer. Like mm-hmm. we're going to do exactly what Selena just said. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we we're all here to learn from one another. Right. And it also gives the staff some sort of ownership to, Hey, my opinion matters. What, what I'm thinking matters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's yeah. hard to get out of that. I'm, I want to know all the answers. Right. Or that feeling I'm trying to, 
I'm trying to self-examine and figure out where that's coming from because it's not, it's something I was trying to prevent and I get mm-hmm. caught up in it from one moment to the next, mm-hmm. not all the time. But that, that freedom as an employee for an employer that I remember doing that with or did that for me, it gave me the freedom to, to come, I don't know, with a more, it's, it, it cultivates collaboration. It, it invites people into the process instead of pushing people away and making them seem like they have to come prepared and, and educated and with all the resources. It's, uh, very, I don't know, the freedom that that brings. It's so, it's so countercultural though. We're not seeing it. It is. I actually pay for suggestions. Wow. So, um, I do. You pay your employees? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what, what's because, the practical way you're doing this? this is what because, um, because I don't know everything. And the way we're doing things, if you've been, if they've worked other places, <coughs> they may have, you know, a better way to skin the cat, so to speak. Like, um, so I am all about getting out of this. This is the way we always do it mentality. Um, and changing for the better. People come in, especially people younger than I am, have, you know, are a lot more tech savvy. And how about let's do this? And so from the very beginning, we tell them, you know, when you have ideas or you have suggestions that you think might make us better, I will pay you for those ideas. And it may be one that we've tried and I look at you and say, oh, well, this is going to be the hurdle to that. But at least you're thinking Mm-hmm. You know, beyond you don't just shut them your, down. right, exactly. Right. At least you're thinking beyond just what you're doing at your desk every day. Mm-hmm. You know, there it's thinking what's going to make this company better. And then they're invested in the company and want to stay because I want to make it a, a better company for them. So, mm-hmm. um, so yes, people do things all the time like that, or, um, they'll take it upon themselves to, you know, this isn't our instructions for this aren't written out very well. So, I'm going to write this document and then they'll bring it to me and it's fantastic. I'm going to use it. I'm going to pay them for that, you know, pay them extra for, for going kind of above and beyond, just encouraging that above and beyond mentality. Yeah, and giving them some ownership exactly. in the process that the buy-in that exactly. that would give me, I mean. So. Yeah. And feeling heard, you know? Mm. So like when we say pay, what do we, what, what does that actually look like? So, um, I'm a little bit different in how I structure, uh, how I pay the staff as well. And people are catching on to it. Uh, and more and more people are doing this, but, um, I always tell people when I'm interviewing, I've been doing it the longest here. So, um, <laughs> uh, we do more of a pay per service model and it works really well for both the owner and for the employees. So the employees are all in charge of, they're in charge, they're in control of their schedule as well as how much they make. Mm-hmm. Um, so our clinicians are, you know, all paid per session or, you know, per, like I was saying, develop, they develop a handbook or whatever, whatever extra they do, um, they come to me and then, you know, they're paid extra for that. But they get that, they get that for sure per session, um, pay and I'm not, they're not having to punch a time clock. Mm -hmm. I'm not keeping track of their schedule. We don't make their schedule. They make their schedule themselves. Um, and it works out perfectly because people, everybody has different needs. So a lot of my staff work four day weeks instead of five, but they also will do split shifts where in the middle of the day they go to the gym or take mandolin lessons or, you know, um, 
and I'm not having to micromanage. I'm not paying attention to who's coming and going and who's here, there. Uh, we've got open communication, a good scheduler that kind of tells where people are. And, um, and it's been great because then they're in control of their income. And sometimes it'll be like, oh, you know what? I Christmas is coming up and I want some more money for this. And it's super easy to add that and, and make more. And they're, um, they're not contractors. No, nope, they? nope, they're, they're staff. Yep. They are. They're W2 staff. Yes. Okay. Do yeah. they, what's like their, their clients then? Do they own that relationship or is that just kind of so shared? We, yeah. Cause we've, the clients come to them through us, through reading, yeah. right? So they don't have to find any clients. Um, we do handle all of that. We take all the calls. We, so when they are ready to make their schedule, we have a scheduler. They just say, Hey, I want to work these times can you fill these spots? And our scheduler fills the spot. And yeah, the clients are, are reading rights clients. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they get to kind of create the schedule that they want from that. That's cool. Mm. Like that. Yeah. And you said W2. It's not, are they on a salary? No. So they start, like we do a training um, when they're training and while they're building their caseload, I don't want to throw people in like the first month right. they're worried about how much they're going to make. We do a salary and then, and Throughout that time, we're calculating, our payroll administrators calculating, you know, what they're making. And once they surpass that um, salary, the salary drops off and they switch to the fee-for-service. For service. Yeah. That's and it's so kind of something that's really going on a lot in the lower 48 with a lot of different businesses. Um, because then you have employees that are happy because they're not stuck to a 40-hour work week. Um, but you've got happy employers, too, because you've got productive clients or mm -hmm. productive employees, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and happy employees. Yes, productive and happy. And so anytime I interview somebody and they're really looking for um, not kind of the structure that we do, I, it's never offensive to me because I'm just, in my mind, I'm like, they weren't meant, you know, yeah. they weren't meant for here. Some people prefer that, um, you know, you got to take I a lot more say, ownership. Yes. I hate to say lazier mentality, but it kind of is. Like, yeah. for instance, for us, when a client cancels or um, needs to reschedule, if the if my employees were on salary, they'd be like, you know, okay, cancel away because I'm getting paid no matter if you come or not. But mm -hmm. the way we pay, that's not the case. So they, um, you know, they want to do those makeup sessions. They're, they want to see the kids. And then the, guess what? That carries on to the clients too because – the clients can't make progress if they're not there. Mm -hmm. So clients are showing up They're, you know, it, it's just, it's worked really well um, for both me and for the staff. When people move on from reading, right, that is the one thing in every exit interview we hear is how much they loved the flexibility of the job. Mm. Well, if they're taking exit interviews, that also is a good sign right, right there. Yes. <laughs> you're getting yes. exit interviews. <laughs> yeah, yes. you're getting an exit wow. interview. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is that's a very good point. Yeah. Is that uh is that the only way you're you're cultivating this type of culture? Cultivating culture. I mean, like I said, flexibility. We have, you know, they have a full benefits package and all of that that's mm -hmm. standard. There's um, you know, PTO and health insurance and 401k matching and all that kind of stuff too. Well, so. I I just mean as far as the ownership piece like we talked about, you let them decorate their offices oh, yeah. and take any of that creative stuff? Yes. So every um, everyone has their own uh, space that's just for them, which isn't as common in the therapy world. Uh, but 
they get to decorate and do whatever they want to that space and have some freedom with that. They have freedom to do teletherapy sessions on days like today where, you know, school's been canceled and people are snowed in somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's also a nice thing. Uh, But yeah, there's a lot of autonomy within the, within the clinic, which is, it's really worked well. Do you have parameters for accountability or making sure, how do you stay on top of people? Because it sounds like you have handoff, hands off. Right. Well, and I wouldn't say completely hands off. I mean, our, our, um, the the clinic, the way it's set up, uh, I can see what's going on. And in every session, obviously I can't monitor every single session, every single day. Um, but uh, the best accountability are clients, you know, they're going to, yeah. um, cause we do have certain rules, like no cell phones at all while you're working with a client. I, you're devoting that, that time to them. They're paying for every single minute that they're in there with you. And, um, I'm pretty firm on that. That's they, you know, I can be bossy when I need to be, but, uh, and for the most part, people well, it's are practical. Respectful. That's the yes. thing I didn't like when I had employers. And I think I mentioned this on another episode, but I used to work at a round table and it was literally the the expectation I got in the very on the very first day was if you have any freedom or free time, uh, wa- wipe walls down. Yeah, that was like do something. It was like why? And they're cho- they're, right. It was the the scarcity mindset of I'm paying this person at that time. It was probably ten bucks an hour. Yeah. So like you're you're losing pennies. Right. Right. And for me, so that's the great thing is when they're in session, that's when it matters. When they're out of session, I, you know, if they're on Instagram, it doesn't bother me. It's, it's the time that they are spending with that client that they need to be devoting Mm -hmm. to that. And so, you know, it's very rare. We've got a great staff, just great group of professional people. And, but parents will let you know real quick if something's going wrong in that session, because those they're paying, like I said, they're paying for every minute that that's, um, you know, that, that the kid is in there mm-hmm. and well, all of our sessions are one-on-one, so you can't get away with much. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just, it's so practical. It's, I mean, of course, of course I'm not going to be on my phone, but when you have these parameters that are just unrealistic yeah, and I mean, that, I think just touching on the happy employees thing, one of the first uh, observations I made was that fishing trip a couple years ago and you came out with one of your employees yes. as your, your yes. cohort on that fishing trip. Yes. And to see, I'm like, at first I thought you guys were business partners and I was like, man, they to have that, that relationship outside of work and to be able to hold the boundaries that you'd need to hold. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Actually, we didn't talk about talking about this, but um, no, that was out of left field. Yes. <laughs> But it is a really good thing to bring up because this is one of those things that um, I've been lectured about as being a poor yeah. business owner because um, you can't be friends with your staff. You can't be friends with your staff. I hear that all the time. That's really advice that has been given to me by multiple people. My attorney tells me all the time. Um, it's bitten me in the butt a few times. I'm not going to lie. That yeah. that um, That has... It has caused me some pain, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, it's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And so changing that is like, it, it's just been proven to be near impossible. So I've had to learn to trust my gut on, you know, who's, because it has to be the right staff person, right? It's got to be somebody that's going to, like the, the girl you met, 
yeah, we're good friends and we have a great time outside of work. Yeah. But then when we're back in the office, she respects me just as much, you know, as she would somebody else that she wasn't friends with. That was her boss. Um, she does respect me as her boss too. So, right. Um, that's, that's what I didn't like about, I've gotten that same advice. And I think that is assuming that all of the people that I'm going to hire are dirtbags. Right. Because it's a two-way street here. If right. I hire people that are, if I'm the slow to hire, quick to fire mentality, which I still chew on, but uh, if you do an intentional hire, right, then you're going to, you're, and you hire for character at first at least. Exactly. Then you're going to navigate that a lot more smoothly. But I think people just default to, I don't know, the traditional way or the, the fear-based mentality, and it's it's possible. I mean, I think it's deeper than that. I mean, I think it's also like, it's hard to make, it's hard to fire your friend. Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. But and that's like, if you don't have that relationship, it's, it's easier. easier. Yeah. Yes. Right, but it's such scarcity mindset because, I mean, you're still a friend, a true friend that respects you. Yeah. If you fire them and you set expectation, they're going to see it coming. Yes. Like, yeah, I did yeah. it. You're just holding them accountable. Yes. And that the people that get mad at you, you're probably not the right fit from the beginning. This is probably yes. the best decision. And <laughs> it's because you're right about that. Like, that's, it's a huge, that's a weakness of mine. I mean, I've had to fire people. Um, I definitely do not enjoy it. That's not something that. Um, You've had some prior, prior employee issues, for yes. sure. Oh, for sure. I've gone through some stuff. And it has been hard because it was people that I considered friends and um, was burned by. But in the whole, when I look at everybody and the business over the whole 11 years, it's just a couple, you know, the right. majority have been good. And like Carrie is a good example of, um, I can look at her and be like, you are way behind on your notes. Like I, and I'm almost feel like I'm harder on her because we are so close and she, but <laughs> her respect is like, I know, I know, I know I'm going to, it's okay. I'm going to fit, you know, she is that invitation never, challenge. Pendulum, right. Yeah. There's never excuses. Like I am an own it, don't excuse it kind of person. I can't stand, you know, excuses, just own your stuff and move on. Um, and <laughs> she, she definitely is great about that. And most of the people are, but yeah, it's about finding the right, the right people because there's a downside to being friends with them. It is, there is a definite downside, but I love them so much. And it's just who I am to be invested. And I care about people and I, you know, my attorney told me, you just care too much because when people fall on hard times, I'm right there to help them out. And there's been a few times I've gotten too involved where I'm like, I'm an empath, so I'm taking this on and I got to let go of it because mm -hmm. I've got enough of my own crap, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But, I mean, having a, you know, your boss or the owner come in and swoop you out of those bad times, that breeds a lot, a lot of loyalty. Of <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. The risk to me is worth the reward. and Exactly. That's it. It's the, uh -huh. you're going to fail or people that will fail at times, but I would rather over, not overextend myself, wisely meet someone where they're at. And it sounds like you, you lead in this in every way. I mean, you're setting an example of uh, being willing to admit you're wrong or don't know everything. For sure. Which, I mean, that's huge buy-in from mm -hmm. an employee's mindset. That. Yeah, I think I, I just wanted to circle back to that because it's not just the employee's uh, responsibility. The leader has to lead. The owner, sure. the person in that position has to lead by example, not by by uh, 
talking. Yeah. And if you're leading that way, there's probably less and less of those things that happen. Right. Yeah. And I have been, I mean, I've been through hell with one person in particular and I look back and go, would I do it any differently? I learned from it for right. sure. There's things you would have done mm-hmm. differently, there are things I'm sure. That, but it hasn't changed who I am as a person. And even when I'm faced with challenges, we recently um, had a have had a challenge with a, a just a newer hire. And um, instead of looking at it as this negative and trying to be all down about it, my attitude is, what am I supposed to learn from this? Mm-hmm. Because this fell in my lap for a reason. Mm-hmm. And what am I learning through the process? Um, and that's something that the other owner I was telling you about that I'm friends with, we talk through those things. And it helps ground me to remember it's not always, it's not easy for anybody being mm-hmm. an owner. You know, you're going to have ups and downs and in the downtime trying to figure out what, what am I learning from this to make it, make it better on the mm. other side. That's, did, how long did it take you to find someone like that that was another owner with abundance mindset and collaborative? Luckily for me, very quickly. Okay. And I'm doing my best to kind of pay that forward too with other people um, because it was a, it was a godsend for me for yeah. sure. It seems hard, especially in, in my industry, to know who to trust, who to uh, open up to, you know? Right. And, I mean, I don't know. I think the abundance mindset is walking through not afraid to open up, not afraid to to speak openly about most things tactfully. Right. But the reality is, uh, I mean, even for proprietary things, if I care about the people around me, the consumer then I want everyone to know. And right. there's so much opportunity. And there, I, I mean, I see both sides of it because I also worked my butt off, right, to mm-hmm. get where I am. And I don't want somebody coming in because I, I am different. I do things different. I, you know, I, and it was all on my own that I put one foot in front of the other. And so I don't like the idea of somebody coming in and taking everything that I've taught them on a silver platter and then, cut, you know, copying exactly what I'm doing next door. That's that's a huge burn, right? Mm-hmm. But it, you're right. You've got to find that balance of there are enough clients to go around and how can we work together? And it involves finding somebody you trust because usually the person, you know, is out to, they're out to underbid you, undercut you, you know, all of that kind of stuff and trying to have, take the higher road. And I always just say, I put good out there and good comes back. Um, and that's, I've definitely found that to be true that Mm. um, I've been through, I've taken a lot of blows and had a lot of hurt, um, but I still managed, I'm still coming out on top. Um, And I think, you know, there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm sure you're getting more tactful (laughs) as you go forward. (laughs) That's something I. Oh, I've grown a lot. Let me tell you. Yes. That's takers take. That's been one of the biggest things. Yes. Like there's, there's not everyone's taker, but takers take. They do. And it's hard. It's hard as owners and entrepreneurs to, to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you especially know. when you care about people. Right. Well, and it's just like, I love Shark Tank and watch that all the time. And, you know, the people that will come in and, and do an exact copy for, you know, cheaper, all the fake mm-hmm. stuff. It just, it get, it kills me inside because I know the work behind that original you know, inventor. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah that's all. That's all in the long run, though. It works out in the short term. Yes, right. Might be some problems. Right, and that is what I found, and it, it. I did not anticipate that. I wasn't prepared for that, and so now I've got this better attitude of, in the short term, this looks good for them, but in the long run, I, yeah. I, I already know because I've lived it now. Mm. Yeah, like somebody comes in and steals your idea. They're probably yeah. if they do better with it than you did then you can learn from them. Yeah, exactly. But more than likely, they're not going to. Exactly. That's the thing that I at least see and in the experiences that I've applied this, abundance mindset, when you apply that to your business, what you're willing to do, most it's in plain sight. People just aren't willing to do it. No, it yeah. takes it. It takes a certain type of person. I yeah, mean, it takes, I mean, you got to sacrifice. You got to put your yeah, money out where your mouth is. You got to put yourself out there. And Absolutely. You, you lose. It you, looks a lot easier than it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and you've got to be willing to take the jump. I've got a really good friend. He's got a great idea and really trying to push him into doing that. And, um, and he's so afraid of failure, like mm-hmm. just came to me, just so afraid of failure. And you've got to be willing to risk, willing to risk that, willing to risk failing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've listened to several episodes of your podcast and all these people that have had, you know, 15 plus businesses, um, they've experienced failure, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. not all, I don't of them think were, not all of them were successful. Right. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I don't think we've had one person. In fact, that's probably a priority of ours. If we haven't said that before is to bring people that have failures and yeah. have things that they're willing to be vulnerable and transparent and share about. Yeah. Cause it's, it's fake. It's not the one hit wonder, the dude on YouTube driving the Lambo. Those right. are one-offs. It's a 1% like that those are the outliers on the graph. Right. The common yeah. person does not get there that way. Yeah, you have to be willing to give it your all and not give up when things get hard or mm-hmm. things look the like consistency, failure. Yeah. And just keep pushing through cuz let me tell you there were a few times that I was like I'm just done. I just mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. I'm mentally, emotionally, I'm just spent um mm. and you just push through. I'm so much I'm such a, a much stronger woman now having um, owned a business. That's a, I wish, I don't know, as soon as I at, like started, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a little kid, but the the endeavor with real estate as that has progressed into more of a personal endeavor and then partnerships, all of that, it's so, <laughs> it's just such an interesting thing to have the, the boots on the ground, the actual experience. And I mean, it's hard. It's difficult and... I just keep looking at the people ahead of me mm-hmm. and the the differentiator between those people and the people that have fallen off is the one step. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest, I think. And I wish that more people would try to apply these types of concepts into their life because it wasn't that long ago where everyone was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what we've lost just by going to that nine to five employer uh gluing yourself or marrying yourself to a business. Not to say that we don't need employees, but the ownership piece that you develop as an entrepreneur, the, the, I mean, the things you have to wrestle with. Uh, Christian Montine was on here talking about some of that. Yeah. Very quickly in his consultations, he's a, a business con- consultant. Okay. And he talks to leaders and he says, usually in, in those conversations, they get into to fears and traumas and all of these things that, business brings up and it it can be such a refining thing if you let it 
for sure. I like I started counseling after starting right. the business. Like I'm not joking. Um, because yeah, it does. It brings up a lot of a lot of stuff. But like I said, I'm so much better for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard, but I wouldn't trade any no. of the experiences personally. And the fact that I never dreamed of it, like I never ever thought mm. of myself as own, uh, owning a practice. That was never in my plans at all. And this state is just such the land of opportunity. Mm. I mean, I feel like... Can you say that one more time, Heather? <laughs> Alaska is the state of opportunity. Yes. It really is. Um, I feel like it's totally one of those, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. I, that may be dating me because you're younger than me. <laughs> I feel the dreams but, is awesome, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was say, we know what these are. Come on. It's okay. <laughs> We're not as young as we look. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I have... That is exactly what happened. Um, and... Yeah, if you have the drive and the want to and really that attitude of not giving up, I mean, Alaska is a great place to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, <laughs> thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that's true. I do, I do too. I'm proof of it because this, if, had we stayed in the South, this would have never happened. I would have stayed in the schools until retirement um, Justin would still be working his software development position. Mm-hmm. He was able to quit that by the way. Um, so yeah, it, it would be a totally different world for us and we'd be happy. I'm not saying we wouldn't be, but it was Alaska that, mm. that brought all this. That's it. It felt like a feel free, go jump in. I was just going to say, I mean, like we've been kind of talking a little bit about failures. What's the one defining failure moment oh you're pivoting okay this oh, is it. anything good, like bad, that. And the ugly yeah yeah <laughs> i need to program that sound i've been talking about it for however many episodes <laughs> nine episodes what's the the is there is there you? one is there one that you can def- like you something can think of? yes so, yeah. so yeah. i would say for me um not trusting my gut so whatever you call it instinct you know i come from a faith background so it's that still small voice whatever's telling you you know don't do this or mm-hmm. go for this to really trust it. Um, I didn't. And I mean, I can, I know the exact moment that it came in my head, like, this is not good. You need to let this person go. Um, it's not going to be a good, you know, for the climate, the environment. And I purposely pushed that down and ignored it, um, Mm. and Mm. paid consequences for it pretty, you know, heavily. But, uh, so now I'm very good about, when I feel that or hear that, just trusting, yeah. trusting that instinct. Hmm. What do you, what do you see on the back end? What, like, obviously. Long term. Well, no, I, I mean, if to change a habit, right. A way of mm-hmm. thinking you had to see some sort of benefit. Can you, can you describe that? Well, I, it goes back to having a happy staff environment for me. Yeah. Like, so, um, not trusting that led to some, you know, just a lot of gossip and chaos and, you know, mm. stuff um, among staff Culture. where yeah. trusting it. And I work with primarily women. And and then on the other side, trusting that. I can say that because I'm a woman, so. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I didn't see it. For the, the listeners, Heather and I, or, <laughs> I avoided eye contact. I looked at Connor. We just went up to the, yeah. That was no, so well, funny. You said I, had, I, I had a different thought. I, yeah. Because we talked about this before. You get a poison or a, a I'm just Spoiled. going to yes. the ship alone. One. <laughs> and yes. then it spoils all the rest around And it. that's, yes. And I actually used that phrase. It just didn't come to my head. But that's yeah. perfect, Hunter, because that's exactly what happened. One spoils the bunch. 
And um, the fallout from that was was not fun. It was mm. not fun. Um, you know, there was a lot of loss through that. And so now when I'm hiring too, it's not, I can train people to do what we do. Yeah. It's about finding, like you said, that character, the integrity, the right person that fits in with the climate in our, mm-hmm. in our office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've changed the way I even hire. I have, you know, prospective employees to touch base with current employees and ask questions that I'm not privy to mm-hmm. um, because I, I want the right people in the job because that's what makes the difference. And for the past couple of years, we've just had the best team. And it's like, I don't want to rock the apple cart. Like it's all perfect. I don't want anything to change. I mean, it will, but, um, but yeah, learning that the hard way was a definite, mm. that definitely, would... you don't always want warm bodies. No. Right. No. Well, even in an interview process, I'm I'm just trying to put myself in in that person's shoes for the interviewee to invite me, and the interviewee being, or the interviewer being the owner, mm-hmm. and inviting me to contact employees mm-hmm. and have a private conversation yes. that's transparent. Yes. Like, man, this person must really do what they say. Yes, to be that transparent about through the it. interview process, a lot of times it sounds too good to be true, right? And it, we're not selling snake oil. I'm not like, I think it's the greatest place to work. Um, <laughs> but of course, I'm going to say that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, plus, there's so much training. You don't want to get somebody up here and then realize, oh, they don't fit, or mm-hmm. they realize that this is not the job for them. So, um, I always follow it with giving contact information to current employees um, for prospective client candidates, giving them current employees um, contact information. Mm-hmm. And most of the time they reach out and, and do that. And I, I don't want to know about those conversations. I want those to be honest. You know, what does your schedule look like? And does she really pay like this? And does it, you know, I want, um, I welcome all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it, it just sets me up too to be trusted because mm-hmm. um, loyalty is a big a big thing. That would make me feel like you really cared about me and yeah. you really wanted, you're being intentional yeah. about this choice, both for yourself and for me. I had, um, and I also tell them during the interview process that there's never any hard feelings. So if you choose, if you decide that another place is better fit for you, then that works for me too, because I want the people that are meant to be here. And if it's not you, then, you know, it's a win for both of us. And mm. I've actually had one person, she's still with us, she um, decided to take another position, and within a month of coming up, she contacted me. I was like, do you still have an opening? Uh, and, yeah, we took her right on. There's yeah. so many places or people that I've worked for, and because of how they handled the exit, I will never go back. Yes. Ever. Yes. No, nothing you can do. No mm-hmm. amount of money, nothing. Yes. And I feel like that is just such a – it's the a sad thing. That's the real magnifying glass right there on your character as an owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah seriously. And the, and to that's I was gonna go there earlier, but to train someone, you said this uh, so well that they they can leave but don't want to. You right. didn't say they can leave, but right. So it was on another podcast. I heard about this. We haven't implemented it yet, but I really like this idea of um, you know we do put a lot of training into uh, when somebody comes on board. And the, the guy, I wish I had his name so I could reference him and give him some credit here, but that talked about this was, you know, you get, you get them through some training and then at the end of it say, hey, uh, I'm going to offer you five grand to quit right now. 
mm-hmm. so that they have the opportunity to be like, is this the place for me? Mm-hmm. Um, can I do this? There's no hard feelings if I, you know, if I can't. Uh, and uh, and I found that your- so... Like, that's so out-of-the-box thinking, right? When yeah. I first heard it, I was like, that's insane. But uh, but I can see the value to it. Mm. So. You'll find yeah. a real right, like, they won't ever leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and it <laughs> exposes the people that are just looking for short-term. Yes. That was so, I remember there was a company in California, a, like a grocery store when I was, like, 18, that offered me 500 bucks to quit that day. Yes. And my, like, the store manager and I drove to this training together I went out to drive home with him with a $500 check. And I looked at him and I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, if you really want that, take it. You should. And I was like, this I'm is a staying. Trick. Yeah, yeah. A trick. First of all, I was like, this is a trick. <laughs> but but he's like, no, for real, that's that's what we do. And yeah. and there's no hard feelings at yes, all. It and it just. Mind blowing to me, but so, uh, wow. But so. You, the thing that they missed was the back end. Because I was like, yeah. I want to work for this company. And then after a while, I was like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you seemed good in the front end. But you yeah. have to have those those back-end systems and the culture and all of that stuff. Because otherwise, you're throwing money, money at the do. wall. Yes. And you might save yourself some money on onboarding because that's an expensive yeah. process. It is. It is. So you you mentioned podcasts. As we, as we exit out of this, what resources, books, podcasts are you listening to that you're getting a lot of value so from? I listen to other yours. than TLD. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Such I a plug. listen to this one because it's local and I think that's fantastic. Um, and then I listen to some that are really specific for private practice owners. Some are for therapy, private practice owners, but um, others just general private practice in general um, and get, you know, tips on that. And then I like Michael Hyatt and the, his um, focus Mm. His stuff on focusing and planners and that sort of thing. I listen to his stuff too. That's awesome. awesome. Well, what can we do? What can our listeners do? What can our community do for you? Oh my goodness. Just, yeah. If you have any, uh, speech therapy needs, occupational therapy needs, um, educational tutoring needs where, where you're. Yeah. We didn't mention that at the beginning. You, you niched down originally with dyslexia as the focus, but now you were doing a lot more. Right. So when I opened my specialty is language and literacy. That's where my heart is. And that's, that's why it's named reading, write Alaska. I probably would not have chosen. Yes. (laughs) Reading, write, W-R-I-T, play on words. We did have somebody come in one day and she's like, I'll pay you to change your sign (laughs) and spell it right. And I was like, it is spelled right. Um, but, uh, that was, I, I probably wouldn't have named it that if I had any foresight on what the future looked like for us. But, um, yeah. So as we started hiring the people, speech pathology is such a, uh, broad, we can work with babies in the NICU all the way to people on their deathbed. So it's very, very broad and people come in with their different loves and likes and, so as we began to grow and I had, you know, more money in the bank to be able to do this, it was like, now I ask therapists when they're interviewing. And then even once they're on board, everybody learns the dyslexia piece because that still is what we're known for. But mm-hmm. um, our therapists have different specialties. We've got somebody that's doing some training right now to become a lactation consultant and an IBCLC and just different things like that. So now we have such a variety of services. I am not a math person. I don't do numbers, 
but um, we have some wonderful math tutors on staff. And it's just my mindset on this and my director of operations is the same way. We think so much alike on this. And we train all of our front desk that if somebody calls and asks, hey, do you do this? They never, the front desk never says no. Even if it's not a current service, that's how we've gotten every extra service that we offer is, hey, do you guys do SAT prep? And we don't say no. We, mm. you know, if if it's something that we are, we it's can in do. Your wheel. Yes, yeah, if it's in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, and if usually if people are calling our office, it's going to be something within our wheelhouse. And that's how we, um, that's how we added services and we have occupational therapy now. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's just really expanded because everybody has their own specialty and thing that they love. And again, I want happy staff. So I want, I will pay to send them to trainings and um, really encourage that specialty and support them in that. And then they can, we could start marketing for it and bring in clients. So. Mm. What, uh, what if there's someone listening that might want to work for you guys? Are you guys hiring? Yeah, always. Always? Okay. <laughs> where uh, where always. would they go? So um, there's a link on our website, or you cool. can email me at heather at readingrightalaska.com. Um, we got three locations, and um, yeah, we're always looking at resumes. Sweet. That's Anchorage, Eagle River, and... Wasilla. Wasilla, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll throw all that stuff in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, Heather. This was really... It was a lot I of fun. Pissed, yes, fun and I was kind of nervous, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it usually starts out that way. In this. Jake, Jake's really intimidating, I, so I, I, I get well, it. Well, I feel <laughs> like you funny. didn't talk much, Hunter. You didn't get to talk as much this time. But. I try to give him ins. He he talks more today than it's the hard average. against Jake. I get it. Yeah, we all he just know. talks. He well, does. We've 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 had this discussion before. We have our strengths and our weaknesses. He's really yeah. good at talking, you know. I, I was just let a, him rip. I was I was <laughs> hanging out with three friends, and I saw both of them kind of lean together, and one of them asked a question to the other one. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, they're talking trash, something. <laughs> and later on, I found out that the question that was asked was, Does, is Jake a woman? Because he talks a he lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have mutual friends, that, and I've heard that too. But Jake talks a lot. I it's do. not a bad thing. I like to talk. I could so. talk less. <laughs> I could. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing. It's okay. Yeah. Well, we, we love you as you are, Jake. <laughs> we've <laughs> drug out the end of this podcast. <laughs> we do love yeah. you. So we could continue, continue talking. But thank you guys. And until next time, progress over perfection. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and give us a follow on our Facebook page if you'd like to stay connected. And if you want to go deeper with us, join our Facebook group. And here you can join the conversation, you know, share resources with each other and uh, network with other like-minded people like yourselves. And if you know someone that would get value out of the episode today, we'd be honored if you shared the show with them. Until next time, progress over perfection. <laughs>